0: everybody welcome to the accelerative thrust podcast my name is dan and i'm eric and uh, dan and eric i'm going to refer to us in third person this whole yeah. podcast um maybe we should just start doing that period
1: yeah i i think eric likes that idea
0: okay that's good dan does too uh so um uh dan and eric um <laughs> uh talked for a half an hour before even recording about stuff <laughs> yeah and trying so,
1: to trim it a little so you don't have to sit through two exactly. hours a week which so, our unfortunate um negative acquaintance chuck moore told me today that he doesn't have time for anything else in his life because he has to spend two hours a week listening to this so, <laughs> so
0: he so what you talked to chuck today
1: uh, just on a text. I wouldn't talk to him. In, on I, I don't want to hear his <laughs> you terrible wouldn't talk, voice.
0: You wouldn't talk to him in person. I wouldn't give
1: him the satisfaction of hearing my voice.
0: <laughs> <It's> satisfaction. <laughs> Dude, that's that's cruel because there's a lot of yeah. satisfaction within your voice.
1: <laughs> he can listen to the podcast just like everyone else.
0: Chuck, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you. Uh, but, I also, you know, we also... He's the you worst. yeah, you're, you're also the worst. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, but um, anyway, yeah. Uh, where do we go from here? I don't
1: know. <laughs> so, see, anyway, that's what Chuck does. He just ruins everything.
0: Just even talking about him. But um, anyway, uh, let's see what <laughs> what, what what were we gonna do this podcast about today? Like, what are we even doing? music i think oh yeah that's <laughs> okay i forgot about that that right. stuff exists doesn't it hey you yeah. know what i had mm. a i had i have a music story for the week all right um so i was listening to music oh and uh
1: i see how you tied that in <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah exactly it's music um muzak mm. what is the difference between music and muzak anyways like what uh, muzak
1: is um like uh basically what plays at the mall. You know, I mean a oh, musak okay. so like version of something would be like orcas or like an orchestral version or Okay. Yeah.
0: Yep. So like so like uh that switched on country would kind of be a version of like Muzak, Kind yeah, of Yeah, maybe. Uh I mean Yeah. Yeah. you all should check out
1: Devo's Muzak albums if you haven't. They're amazing. Yeah. Okay. They're music versions of Devo songs. And it sounds like it would be super novel and just like you get the joke or whatever, but they really worked hard on it and it's really wild at, at moments. So
0: I'll have to uh, check that out. Uh, Anyway, sorry to uh, get (laughs) sidetracked there. That's, it's going to happen like so many other times on this podcast, like it always does. But, um, so the music story I have, uh, I was, um, Listening to music, and um, I, I it was it was from this band that uh, I listened to a lot in high school mm-hmm. that I kind of just lost touch with, and uh, it brought me ba- it brought back some nostalgia things, and then I realized that their fir- this band's first three records mm-hmm. are some of the best, at least in the world of like rock slash metal, mm-hmm. uh, and that is Clutch. Mm-hmm. Like the first three records from Clutch. Are just like untouchable as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Like uh, transitional Speedway League, mm-hmm. uh, the self-titled, and then mm-hmm. Elephant Riders are just like, bam, three masterpieces, one right after another.
1: I agree completely.
0: I mean, yeah, I love. Clutch. I <laughs> when I when I listened to the to those today, it just like it almost brought a tear to my eye. Like just thinking of how many good times I had with all three of those records. Like when I was a teenager. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. There's something about those first three records that they're still a great band. Don't get me wrong, but there's something that they uh, haven't captured since elephant riders. I think in my opinion, in my
1: opinion, um, if, if you want my opinion, (laughs) yeah, let's have, I think what I really enjoyed about clutch um, and still do is that they they were playing so they were it, it was it was uh, I don't know how to say it fictional like they're playing characters yeah and so Absolutely. the first record which I think is what made a lot of people like them is sort of like about rural America it's about how things are in small towns you know about The things you're into, the things you do, how you look at the world. And because of that, and I don't think they're making fun of it. I actually don't. I don't think it's like Cletus on The Simpsons. I don't think they're just going after poor people or whatever or uneducated people. I don't think it's anything like that. I think they do have a real love for this kind of rural Americana. That's a really hard word for me to say, by the way, rural um,
0: yeah it's, it's got a very strange And
1: so it's I think that they gained a lot of fans That were from That demographic And I don't know if they Necessarily meant to In a, in a sense I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like an elitist Asshole or whatever But So they kind of have this thing like We chew We drink Bud Light We drive big trucks we like guns, you know, and I think a lot of people that were like that were like, all right, finally, here's my band. And then they come out with the self-titled. Now it's all of, all of a sudden about space and science and uh, weed, apparently, somehow. Conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, conspiracy theories. All this stuff that has nothing to do with who they were on the previous record. You know? Yeah. And as soon as I heard self-titled, I was like, oh shit. This is amazing. This is essentially the same as having an anonymous band at this point. Because just because someone knows you doesn't mean you're famous. Or just because you're famous doesn't mean people know you, if that makes any sense. Like, so all of a sudden now they're this science nerd doom band or something stoner nerd i don't know what you call it um yeah like like i I, I love
0: oh almost like a heavier at time like i remember thinking that this sounded like a metal band playing chili peppers riffs in space at times
1: (laughs) it it got funkier for sure not as like just intense metal
0: yeah and then you get to elephant
1: riders and it's like okay obviously this is a completely fictional narrative now (laughs) This is the yeah. civil war being fought on elephants, you know? And it's like, it's really cool though. It's like we now, now what's going on? This is like, I don't know, the 1800s. Is that the idea? And it's about the woods. It's about different areas in the country. It's about the Louisiana Purchase. Like it's crazy what this yeah. record's about. And so if they haven't lost all of their friends from, or their fans from Transnational Speedway League by this point, then, you know, they've got it made. Well, but then but- what happened with me, though, then is then Pure Rock Fury comes out, and it seems to have stripped away that fictional element to the band. They're not playing characters unless I missed it. This just seemed like Clutch being like, okay, we goofed off long enough. This is just rock music and this is what we sound like. And it sort of killed the vibe for me. And then Jam Room was sort of the same thing. Like, oh, this is just a band now, you know? And so, I don't know. It, it lost that sort of mysterious uh, element, that mystique that I loved about Clutch. It was like, oh, I guess these are just dudes in a band. All right.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, mm-hmm. I totally agree with you too, uh to a point, I think if you check out some of their more recent albums, yeah, they kind of got that fictional narrative thing back. For the only sure. thing, the only thing that I, you know, kind of and there's some amazing songs from like, a mm-hmm. uh, uh, like Psychic Warfare and uh, oh yeah uh, for sure. Uh, what is it? Uh, what's the last out? The latest one that came out a couple years ago, um, Book of Something. Um, De- bad decisions. I yeah, book of I haven't bad actually decisions. Heard that one at all, dude. There's so. a song on there, and they got a video called "Nice um, How to Shake Hands," and oh. it's the whole record is about Neil Fallon becoming president. Nice, <laughs> and it's like so good. Yeah, um, I love Earth
1: Rocker and Blast Tyrant, yeah. and I loved Beale Street to Oblivion when they dude. added the the organ in there. Yes, Man, it was. Abs- it's all great stuff. I don't get me wrong. Uh, It is. But for me, it kind of, it dropped out for just kind of a little while. Um, Yes. But Blast Tyrant, or I'm sorry, Robot Hive Exodus, I... I, I loved it when it came out. I was
0: like, "Okay, this is much. They're back." Did you Did you so. see the uh, video to Burning Beard? I love that video. It's like I one of the greatest it. videos ever made. <laughs> when he goes uh, into that
1: chant bar, just like Aww,
0: yeah, Aww. and he gets lifted up. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so it's fucking great. great. Yeah. It um, is. but uh, okay. Like here's here's the thing that I find interesting mm-hmm. is that so you would think that once. Clutch put out the space album, which that's the album that I was introduced to. Clutch. Oh by. yeah. Um, mm. uh, you would think that they would have lost all of those fans from the you first would album. Think. Yeah, it didn't man. happen that way, man. They no. just kept the, the, their fan base has grown like, yeah. And, and those, those people that were into like binge and purge and, right. you know, uh shogun named Marcus, they just, yeah. they totally somehow embraced yeah, You know, uh, Escape from the Prison Planet and right. you, Animal Farm and all have this you stuff. Seen, have you seen them before? I've never seen them live, no.
1: It is exactly how you just described it. It's weird because you have music dorks or like music metal dorks kind of like, I mean, I guess I personally feel like maybe that's where I would fit in, but you also have like jam band hippies there. But then you also have a major part of the crowd who are, like, tough guys. It's weird. Like, last time I went, I saw them. There was a group of guys from our hometown there trying to pick a fight with one of the guys I came with. The guys (laughs) that I went to high school with. And I was like, what are you guys doing? They're like, "That dude, blah, blah, blah. I I don't have to tell the whole story. But um, yeah, and I was just like, why are you even at a Clutch show? Like,
0: what's going Um, on?
1: But they were just there to fight and hit people with um, impunity. It it was
0: weird. And I think Clutch are actually like Neil Fallon. It's obvious that Neil Fallon must be at least somewhat of an intelligent dude to write the lyrics that he writes. And, and funny, um, yeah, and, and self-aware. Funny. And yeah. uh, his humor kind of reminds me of, like, Frank Zappa or something. Like I can see that. They almost yeah. remind me of, like, if Frank Zappa was a metal band, like a straight metal band. But, like, um, uh, one of the things that I read is that they actually had to stop playing um, material from Transitional <laughs> Speedway League yeah. for a while uh, because they realized that it always seemed to uh unintentionally incite violence at their shows oh,
1: big time yeah
0: and i'm like well y- yeah when you got a song like um you know that and and i think it's a, i think it's i do think that i don't think they're making fun of i think there's an element of clutch that really is like those guys that drive yeah. monster trucks and are into guns and drink beer but the thing is is like not everybody who drives monster trucks and drinks beer and likes guns is is stupid. You know, it's like there's intelligent people that are actually like have what you would think is a Hick mentality. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, That are actually into like and open to things and actually are like uh, somewhat, you know, maybe progressive even in their thinking, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, I think that's kind of where clutch falls. And I think, I think maybe they weren't making fun of it, right. but I think they were maybe kind of satirizing some of yeah. that behavior.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I think like, okay, like when a band like clutch does the song, come on, motherfucker, you know, when, yeah. when they're, when they're like scream when Neil's screaming that, mm-hmm. I think that that was like more of like the way I see it is I think that was satirizing the, you know, people who do that for real. Maybe not. I don't know. You know? Yeah. Maybe it, not. It's hard, but though, because leads, then people it,
1: really it, took it for real. You know?
0: It, yeah, exactly. And the reason why I say that is because of, like, the Space album. Yeah. Because why would a band go from writing a song like that to writing, like, you know, um, space grass or <laughs> <Yeah. yeah. laughs> which space grass is, Essentially, um, it's basically it's almost like it's from the perspective of a of a of like a, a ship computer. It's one you of know? the best
1: songs in the world. It, it's it's fantastic. I can't <laughs> like as far as I understand it, there's a dude uh, flying a galaxy 500 <laughs> yeah. car. Through space yeah. and, <laughs> and getting high, and then the best part of it though is what's he say? He says Saturn is my roller rink.
0: What the hell? Yeah. yeah or so what, um, now he's skating in space. Yeah, and then also um <laughs> Jesus on the dashboard. Oh my god, I love that song. <laughs> so many lyrics. Just
1: the thing. I'm just I gonna I'm just that. gonna say it, and so everyone has documentation. That's the song I want played at my funeral,
0: dude. Wow, I I think that that, <laughs> wow, yeah that that's a great um, that that's that's a statement, Eric. Yeah, yeah, that is a statement. So there. Um, <laughs> wow, I, is, I would actually that would be the worst song ever. It would it would be man. Oh, you know okay. you know you know the transition from, from. Like, okay. Like the, fr- I always said that transitional speedway league was like a thinking man's Pantera. I, and I,
1: yeah, I can see that.
0: Not that Pantera were stupid either necessarily, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not
1: necessarily, a- well, we haven't
0: seen any proof of that, but <laughs> well, I guess we haven't, but I, 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 I'll just say it right now. I haven't listened to a lot of Pantera, um, hmm. but I'm assuming that not everyone in that band is a, you know, uh whatever I, I don't really know i don't know much about pantera but I'll i'm call staying
1: out of this one i don't know that
0: first one uh sorry if i'm offending anybody here because i honestly i'm just gonna take that back uh and i'm just gonna say that the first clutch album sounds like the thinking man's pantera it sounds like to me like pantera with like you know i mean i don't think you'll he- you'd ever hear a phil and salmo um sing about like samurais and stuff Probably like not. that you know what i mean like uh but no. i don't know maybe maybe i'm wrong and uh anyway so i'm gonna take that back in case there's like some <laughs> hardcore pantera fans that are listening here um uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> but uh because i i really honestly i don't know anything about pantera yeah. like i i know can't risk Walk. any
1: listeners right now but if we, exactly. if we start to become more popular, I'll tell you exactly what I think. In fact,
0: Pantera. in fact, if you're listening and you're a hardcore Pantera fan, download every episode. Yeah. Help us yeah. out. <laughs> um, anyway. So, and then the second album Clu- uh, clutch, clutch mm-hmm. is, you know, like space funk, groovy. I don't know what it's trying to be. That that's yeah. definitely an indescribable album. like, Magic happened on that one, you know?
1: Yeah, it's a Elephant Riders,
0: Southern rock with, like, some weird, like, you know, uh, Civil War narrative, like you said, like a fictional narrative. Okay. Um, The transition that they made in those first three albums is very similar, but in a much different way to, like, the transition that, like, Ween made from, Mm -hmm. like, the first two, well, first four, really, uh, but definitely the first three, more so the first three, like sort of noisy, fucked up, you know, like uh, whatever Ween was doing with Mm -hmm. like those first three albums to like almost like more of like a, like, uh, you know, you could even say like to 12 Golden Country Greats to like the Mollusk then to something like White Pepper where uh, they almost got misunderstood as being like, some weird, like roots rock jam band or something, you know? Yeah. Um, they
1: they have definitely leaned into that and being a jam and, band.
0: And I don't think they really meant to do that at all. Yeah. You know? And well, that's the same with how,
1: Primus. Primus is in the same boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Primus is in the same boat. And I think Clutch is in that same boat
1: mm-hmm. with,
0: like, just sort of, you know, there's more, there's more people that are mm-hmm. showing up at clutches shows that are, I don't know. Maybe I'm like, not even, maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, <laughs> but, um, that's what this podcast is about is <laughs> me not knowing Welcome what I'm talking about. Welcome to the new about. episode of, we don't know what the hell <laughs> we're talking about. Yeah. Maybe we should change the name to that. It, it, no it, hell.
1: It, yeah. It, um, slides right off your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> it's succinct short and succinct there you go we don't know what the hell we're talking about the podcast
0: <laughs> we have no idea and we start you know like uh dan starts rambling about <laughs> pantera a band he knows nothing about oh <laughs> um, sounds great so well. <laughs> i think we have some records to get to <laughs> That's, yeah
1: i think you're first
0: am i first this week i think so yeah OK, so let's see what is on my list for this week and which one do I want to talk about first? Mm. Um, hmm. Let's see. I think I'll start off with Sleaford Mods, Divide and Exit. Uh, you ever heard of this group before, Eric? Not before this. No, Nope. OK, so Sleaford Mods was introduced to me from my friend. Uh, Chris Edwards he might actually be listening to this podcast if you are shout out to you Chris Um, and uh, he just told me that I needed to listen to them and that they were just unlike anything he's really ever heard and that they are at times very hilarious Mm -hmm. and um, so I checked them out and it totally was not what I was expecting I did not expect the hardcore British accents Mm and I didn't even realize that they were from britain um and uh anyway um yeah i just i really like the minimalist approach mm-hmm. to like this really kind of absurd like take they're doing on like electronic music mixed with punk like it almost reminds me of like uh snottier clash mm. uh or something like that but with a lot more humor kind of thrown in because if you actually listen to the lyrics, um, they, uh um, there's a lot of social issues that are kind of brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then there's also some really just hilarious wordplay, like, it almost the way that I would describe it is like, imagine if like, uh, the clash and like American hip hop, uh, you know, like um particularly something I know that they actually said they were influenced by the Wu Tang clan. Hmm. And um and then I don't know, something like I don't know, just like techno or something hmm. uh thrown into a blender, like maybe elements of like something like Atari Teenage Riot, only not as mm-hmm. crazy and all over the place. Um, I watched videos of some of their live performances and some of their music videos mm-hmm. and their live performance literally is just the singer yelling through a microphone or talking, doing like mm-hmm. spoken word type stuff. And then the guy who programs the beats presses a button, bobs his head and drinks a beer and smokes a cigarette. Yeah. That sounds like, about right. Yeah. That's pretty much all it is. And it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's really, I also hear like, you know, and I don't know if they were influenced by any of this or not, but I hear elements of something like men's recovery project kind of going on for Mm -hmm. sort of the, um, the weirdness factor, the odd factor of it all. So if you're a fan of like British punk rock playing, playing being played through the filter of like, weird electronic music, then this is the group for you. Um, you know, if you like the clash and you like, um, you know, techno music, and I only, I'm only going to vaguely to say techno music. Cause I don't really know mm-hmm. any artists to compare them to in that regard. And then, yeah, like every once in a while beats that may remind you of hip hop a little bit you know, and yeah. uh, spoken word and just like some hilarious one liners. And it, it really mm. almost sounds like at times it sounds like a drunken night at a karaoke bar in the best way. Yeah. What did you think, Eric?
1: Well, yeah, I, um, uh, yeah, I was listening to this in the car, uh, driving and, when it first started i was like oh okay because the first song is a little more distorted um, even vocally there's some uh it's kind of blowing out the gain a little bit so i was wow. like okay this is like atari teenage riot and i was like okay cool and then the next song starts and it's not noisy anymore like for me and i don't have much experience with luscious jackson and stuff like that uh Sibo Mate or whatever they're called. Sibo um, Mato. Yeah, so a lot of that's really ba- like drum oriented, with just like a real heavy bass groove on it, and that's kind of what I heard in the music. And so a little bit like ESG that we talked about last week. Um, Absolutely, I didn't. think It so just that. kind of seemed like bass and drums, but not drum and bass. That's a different thing. But um, so like really funky beats. Um, I didn't hear a lot of electronics in it that much, but I'll probably listen to it again. I don't know. It's tough but <laughs> to decide. But so I was driving and so I listened to the first track. I was like, OK, cool. And then the second one starts and he's still doing this vocal delivery. And I was like, OK,
0: is this really <laughs> yeah. what
1: it sounds like? And then the third song starts and he's just still talking. I was like, oh shit, this is what this actually is. Um, And then, so I I didn't know what to think of it. And at first I was like, this can't be everything. This can't be it. It's like (laughs) drums, bass, and this guy. But then as it went on, I really kind of got into it. It kind of had that element of like making you feel cool, like that I've talked about before with like, I gave examples like, uh, Alan Vega or Lou Reed or something like something where you're you're feeling the the feeling of being cool of being out and and like just kind of walking down the street at night I don't know how to describe it but so I ended up really liking it when I got home um, well also vocally it reminded me a lot of the first two crass albums like, oh, yes. It's they, they actually did. almost absolutely exactly the same. So, they actually said
0: that Crass was a huge influence. Oh, well,
1: that makes sense. Um, but when I got home and tried to describe the music to my wife, which is something I do if I'm kind of taken by something or surprised by it, um, I was like, okay, so just imagine ESG, because I was playing that for her, you know. And I was like, but then Bricktop from the movie Snatch – is just talking over it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And she was like, oh, okay. And I was, and so I was like, well, you know, I'll do an example or I'll do an impression. And so this is what I said to her. This is my impression of the Sleaford Mods. Okay. <laughs> it goes like oh, this. I can't wait to yeah, hear this. It goes like this. I went into the pub and I smashed your face. <laughs> I drank exactly a fucking pie and I smashed your face. That bloke there is a fucking twat. Everyone in here is a fucking twat. That's how the Sleaford Mods sound, I think. Ladies and
0: gentlemen, that is exactly... Uh, like, Eric's not lying. I shit you not. That is... And, and, and it's the same. Every song yeah, starts with a beat it is. and it stays that same beat the entire song. It's yeah. very minimalist, <laughs> very repetitive, yeah. but it is so absurdly just. I don't know. It, it it it's so absurd, and there's there's just the right element of like anger, yeah, humor, mm-hmm. anger and humor, man. That's yeah, in a sense, it
1: actually reminded me a lot of Jesus Lizard as well. Uh, yeah,
0: there's there's definitely an element of that as well, right?
1: Because the, the vocal delivery is similar in that sense too, which is even though, uh, David Yao sang and there was some melody and a rhyming scheme to most of the songs, it still kind of felt like he was just yelling it out most of the time. And so, and and I think I I love the beats too. I love the beats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it, It was a great record. I'm, I'd never heard of this. And then later that night I saw that there was a documentary about them on Amazon. So I'll probably watch that too. Cause yeah, I think, It's very interesting. It's the kind of thing that you listen to a whole record and you're like kind of worn out by it by the end. You're like, okay, I need something where it's not just some British guy screaming at me. Right, But if I heard this on a, like a soundtrack or something, like if I heard the first, you know, 40 seconds of one of their songs on a soundtrack, I'd be like, what the hell is this? This is amazing. Yeah. So I think... You 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 can still have that as you listen to the record, but you might get a little um, worn out by it. <laughs> but, Absolutely, but it's and great. It's, I loved it. So
0: and and they actually have like nine albums total. I saw or they something. have a few. So
1: it, yeah, it, and I don't know how many. I'll there's catch actually up on.
0: there's actually a couple. Um, they're definitely not a group that you necessarily need to listen to the entire discography. Uh, they are for me, but yeah. <laughs> like like uh, you know like. I think most people probably would be good with one album, even if they like them or appreciate them, you know? (laughs) Uh, but, um, uh, there's actually an album that they put out before this one Mm -hmm. called austerity dogs. Mm -hmm. And that one, if, if you're going to listen to another sleeper mods album, if you ever get around to it, Mm -hmm. Eric, that's the one that I would suggest. Uh, that one, I might even like even better than this one, but this one's fantastic. Yeah, um, I
1: loved it. Hopefully I didn't blow it, out the uh, the microphone when I was doing my impression. No, not we, at all. If there's, I do, just cut it out and people will have to imagine.
0: They'll just have to imagine yeah. it. Um, there's uh, also kind of an element of, I don't know if anybody out there or you, Eric, have ever watched the show Fly to the Concords. Yeah, like, there's almost, like, an element of that, like... Oh, yeah, I can see that. In sort of a weird sort of way, because, I mean, obviously, Flight of the Concords do a lot of different styles of music in yeah. their show. But, like, uh, there's... I could almost picture, like... And I don't know if they would be happy to hear this description, but I could almost picture, like, a TV show based around... The sleeper nods. You yeah, know, like
1: Yeah, if you ever watch the young ones, uh I, I think this could fit in really well as actually, yeah, there's one there's one episode where their um roommate or their I'm sorry, their uh landlord, Alexi, has like a um a band for some reason and he sings this song called Doctor Martin's Boots. And actually it's very similar to this now that you mentioned that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. It's, I don't know. it's, there's a lot of British humor kind yeah. of going on I, here. Yeah, I think
1: definitely there is. Yeah. And,
0: and I also think that there's also a lot of just, you can definitely hear that there's some anger. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how much of that is satirical anger. It's kind of hard to tell. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Cause, cause it's a it little like be... class
1: anger. That's, that's what I picked up. Anyway. Yeah, it, it exactly. With, um, class. And I, I do think that class is a, I don't know. I think it's a little different there from what I've picked up from media. Well, I've never been in England, but
0: just the fact that the Sleaford mods are kind of considered a working class band over in yeah. England is it's, it is kind of hilarious when you consider like over here in America, what, is considered like a working class band here. It's usually not a
1: laptop and a guy. Yeah, It's usually,
0: usually, usually that kind of stuff is like hated by the working class here in America. So it's, and I, I guess hilarious is not the right word. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Let's, let's put it that way. Nice. All right. So, uh, I'm glad you liked that.
1: Yeah, I loved it. Um, I will, ultimately check out more of the records i might need a little break cool. from it oh yeah while, no i i wouldn't yeah, it recommend was, it like, was awesome
0: i so. wouldn't recommend listening to one right after another yeah. that's for sure
1: you'll become british <laughs> if you do yeah
0: you would actually <laughs> you would actually teleport to britain <laughs> yeah
1: you <laughs> unlock a secret um
0: telephone booth no you go outside yeah. and like you know like Everyone's like, "Oh, it might," <laughs> you know, or whatever. Or was that was that Australian or was that British? I, I don't even know. I don't know. Oh <laughs>
1: boy. Okay, so my first pick. Let's just get it out of the way. It's called uh, the album is called Mutant. It's by Arca. Arca is a um artist, electronic music artist, and. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know how to describe it. It is kind of a slog and and I'm sorry to have put you through it, Dan. It's like an hour (laughs) long and really nothing happens. This is from 2015. Um, it's, it's very straightforward in a sense. It's very much like glitch, ambient, drum and bass, noise, um, you know, it's it jumps around. It's it is what it is. If anyone listened to the Fire Tools that I suggested, or not Fire Tools, I'm sorry, Earth Eater, that I suggested, it's very much like that, maybe, but without the vocals. That doesn't mean it's boring. I just think that to actively listen to it, I think it's hard to get through it. But if it's on in the background, it's pretty amazing it's really good and it does let you kind of zone out for a while and it'll bring you back with some kind of cool edits or cuts or transitions that you didn't expect um, so I don't want it to sound like I think it's boring it's not that it's just like to actively sit down and only pay attention to that It it's kind of hard for that to keep your attention to keep you riveted um, but I do think it takes a lot of chances within what it does Um, and I enjoyed it I guess the thing about me is I have music I don't generally just sit down and listen to music I'm usually doing something so some music works great for driving in the car some works great for cleaning up the house some works great for uh, running or something you know and so this is kind of a nice one for setting around reading or something like that. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not at all. Uh, It's noisy as hell. But I just, yeah, I don't, I guess I don't know how to describe it. I enjoyed it a lot, but at the same time I can see why someone else would be like, this is long and nothing happens and it's pure noise. So (laughs) um, I guess that's me recommending it, but also, fully understanding that most people are not going to like it. So anyway, yeah. What'd you think, Dan?
0: <laughs> what a piece of shit. No, just I know, right. Um, <laughs> it, it, it actually, um, it's definitely not the type of music that I listen to at all. Mm-hmm. Like I've never really just gotten into uh, completely like EDM glitch or whatever mm-hmm. it would EDM even be a proper, yeah, I don't for any think there's
1: this? a definite genre here, to be honest. Yeah, um,
0: um, yeah. That that being said, um, I would have to say that I agree with you that it works as background music, like almost perfectly. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's not something that I was able to sit down and listen to with my headphones, as I, which that's how I listen to a lot of music, right. most music. But I wasn't able to do it. Yeah. I um, got through like I think the f- half of the first song and yeah. then I saw that there were 20 songs and that the second yeah. song was seven minutes long right. and I'm like oh are you serious yeah and I, I actually went to the wiki wikipedia and I was like okay how many seven minute songs are there on this thing and then I looked and there's like there really wasn't that no, many actually mostly most like two minutes so yeah. yeah most songs are like 2 minutes there's even a couple that were like 30 seconds yeah, or right. something um you know that being said though i i i have the same reaction that i with this album that i have with pretty much any artist in this genre whether mm-hmm. it's and i'm totally ignorant i'm going to preface this mm-hmm. to like this genre you probably I've already picked up on that Eric with in you know some of my some of like my opinions on some of the previous albums that maybe fall or could fall mm-hmm. under this umbrella, but like okay, like something like square pusher yeah or like or like um uh there was a another gr- uh, guy who uh i can't he was like a Japanese guy or something. Who does like music? Kind of like the, maybe he's not. I, I don't even remember.
1: Music was a big one. Um, Cornelius or oh, something. Yeah,
0: is am, am I right about that? Is I, that I always is thought that,
1: Cornelius was a little more hip hop oriented, but I don't know for sure. I haven't heard everything. So was he
0: was he like a Japanese or am I am I? I think hallucinating? so. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, I mean, right, but still, the way that some of his stuff was kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess structured, I could almost see it kind of, you know, in my mind anyway. And I, this is, I haven't listened to Cornelius in like a long time, Mm -hmm. but in my mind, I think of that genre when I think of somebody like Cornelius, maybe I'm completely wrong, you know, but that's just, maybe I'm, maybe Mm -hmm. I need to listen to him again. So sorry, all Mm -hmm. Pantera fans and all (laughs) EDM and glitch fans i've offended everyone no what's what's next yeah. um <laughs> anyway uh okay so <clears throat> as the album went on mm-hmm. i actually thought it got more interesting yeah i did too. um so i thought <clears throat> it started off boring <clears throat> i i to the point where i actually i'll be honest eric i i was like i don't know if, i almost texted you and said i don't know if i can make <clears throat> it through this album right uh but <clears throat> but then I don't know. As as it got as, as 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 I kept listening to it it got more interesting to me and mm-hmm. especially in the context of being background music. Right. Um I actually laid down and just kind of shut my eyes and listened to it that way. Mm-hmm. And it you know maybe that's why it got more interesting. Right. That also being said, um this isn't a record that me personally I would return to mm-hmm. very often if at all right just yeah. you know just to be honest that's just how i am with this kind of music unless there's there's a real certain way that i like electric i love electronic music mm-hmm. but it has to be done a very certain way mm-hmm. like i love stereo lab or something like that like mm-hmm which doesn't really fit into this genre at all, but they do electronic music or at least electronic influenced music in a certain way. I like stuff like air even, Mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, you know, there's, I'm just, I guess there's just a certain way that I like electronic music done. And this isn't terrible by any means. Like I said, I think it got interesting as the album went on. It's just, it's not 100% my cup of tea, right. and that's pretty much how I feel about yeah, it. I makes sense add to me. Else.
1: No, it's funny. Um, yeah, I was never into this stuff until I don't even know, maybe just uh, a couple of years ago. So I'm doing a lot of catch up. But yeah, it's funny because our friend Sean he introduced me to all of this stuff years and years ago oh yeah he was always into that stuff like apex twin and square pusher and Autesher and Musique and yeah uh, i don't even know venetian snares all that stuff yes he was telling me about it for years and i was always like "Eh, i don't know whatever and and then yeah pretty much just within the last couple years i was like oh i guess i'll I should give that stuff a chance, you know, like I kind of after it's too late to actually share with him. But it's like, I think that sort of had an influence on me was like, I should give that stuff a listen and see if I like it. And a lot of it I do. Um, Like I said, this one was a little, I don't want to say uninteresting because that's not how I feel about it. It just didn't seem very dynamic. It just seemed a little samey. So, yeah, it was very,
0: very repetitive yeah. kind of through the whole thing. So uh, there's a lot very of Very minimalist, that's, too. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. It's funny how something being minimal can go one way or the other. You know, it might be perfectly yeah, like, minimal and exactly well, what you like, want. Well, uh, so,
0: like for me, Sleaford Mods is the perfect minimalism. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. Like something like that. But
1: yeah. So yeah, I took a chance on it and I would say I liked it. I don't know. It's... um. It's not something, you know. The thing is, though, if I was doing something around the house, I might put it on again, knowing that it's good background music. I don't know. Sure. So, sure. Who knows? Yeah.
0: <laughs> never say never. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So that brings me to my second choice, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. So this is um, an album from a rapper named Earl Sweatshirt, who I've mentioned on this podcast before. Um, <clears throat> well, maybe not on this podcast, but I know on our video with MF doom Mm. as kind of being somebody who is clearly influenced by MF doom. Uh, I mean, he's, he's talked about MF doom Mm -hmm. in interviews. So, but anyway, this is his third album. It's, um, it came out of nowhere for me because I didn't even know it existed. Um, Earl sweatshirt has been really under the radar lately. For those of you who don't know who Earl sweatshirt is, he was a member of the odd future group, which had like Tyler, the creator and this group called mellow hype, this group called the internet and, um, Damo Genesis and a bunch of other rappers. And, uh, they were just kind of like a collective sort of like people compared them to the Wu Tang clan, which I thought was weird because they're totally not like Wu Tang at all, but it also, a lot of their stuff in their early days uh was very kind of horrorcore ish hmm. but they were not horrorcore at all. Like especially like in their production. Uh but they definitely like rapped about that kind of stuff. Some of their early stuff. Earl put out an a mixtape, I guess, when he was like fifteen or something. And the legend or I guess his mom heard it or something and then sent him away Wow! (laughs) because of it. And if you do listen to it, there is a lot of like very violent imagery that he's like rapping as like a 15, 16 Hmm. year old, which I'm sure just had to do with their age more than anything, Hmm. you know? But, um, when he got out, he odd future and Tyler, the creator particularly, uh, became kind of this sought after, They were kind of the next big thing in rap in like circa 2011 to 2013. Mm. And Earl Sweatshirt was seen as the best MC out of the whole clique. Mm. And I would say that that is justified. I always thought that Earl was just a great MC. Um, Tyler was always a beat maker, always a producer, but Earl... Um, What happened was Odd Future doesn't really exist anymore as a collective Mm -hmm. All of the um, It's similar to Wu-Tang Kind of, not to keep bringing up The Wu-Tang comparisons, Mm -hmm. but Everybody got their own deals And went their separate ways, whereas The difference is that Wu-Tang Clan Still, even though they did that They still come together As like the Wu-Tang Clan uh, Still, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. to this day odd future doesn't really odd future is kind of just not there anymore. And everyone's just kind of doing their own thing. Earl sweatshirt got a deal when he returned from where he got sent away to. And, uh, he put out his first album called Doris and then second album, which the second album has one of the best titles ever, <laughs> not even just in rap music, but in music period, it's called, uh, I don't like shit. I don't go outside. <laughs> That's the name of it. Yeah, his I can relate.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: me too. And it's, it became clear that like, and and Earl's first album, Doris, was very highly anticipated, by the way. I mean, he, there was a lot of hype surrounding him. And he put out his first record and it didn't end up being the critics darling that everyone kind of was hoping for it to be. Mm-hmm even though I think it was a really good record. Then he put out that second record and then he just kind of went under the radar and just, I think he just kind of started to kind of become like this weird sort of lo-fi rapper, sort of mm-hmm. like undergr- more of an underground style, which I think suits his, his um, style of rapping. So this record is called Some Rap Songs. It's very, very short. Most of the songs on it are... Actually, less than two minutes long. Uh, there's a couple that are. There's like one I think that is about four minutes long. I think there's another one somewhere in the middle that is almost three minutes long. And then I, the first track called Shattered Dreams is just over two minutes. But for the most part, the record is almost like this weird, lo fi um, kind of. It almost sounds like just snippets of songs at t- at it's very it's hard to explain it's a, it's a record that really conveys a type of feeling i know that earl's mm-hmm. been kind of um in some of the interviews that i've seen and stuff he's been pretty vocal about his depression and there mm-hmm. definitely does seem to be a lot of that on this record mm-hmm. Um, the production is very, very dense. Like, I mean, so dense, it's not even funny. It's like also very repetitive. Like Mm -hmm. basically when he puts on a beat, it stays that beat, like a loop of that beat the whole song. I mean, it's, but the whole thing connects together. And it, I think it's only like 25 minutes long Mm -hmm. at, you know, there's like 15 tracks and it's like 24 or 25 minutes long. And it's just really different from the first two Earl sweatshirt records, which really both had very clean compared to this. Hmm. Definitely compared to this very clean production. I mean, the first album actually had a track speaking of Wu Tang that was produced by Rizza. Hmm. So that's really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I, me personally, I think this, a record like this further validates the MF doom comparison. Oh. Well, especially mad villain, because I feel like the mad villain influences all, all over this record, uh, but it's totally its own thing. Um, you have to really kind of be willing to sit with this record for a while. It's, a pretty difficult listen, even even how short it is. I I can see how it just, especially, I, I don't know how, in general, the public reacted to this album, but I can imagine there probably were quite a few people that were like, what the hell are you doing here? You know, it doesn't make any sense, you know, uh, in comparison to the first two yeah, Earl I'm records. Yeah, sure. mm-hmm. It's very, I mean, it's very lethargic sounding and almost it's almost like an ambient, like a version of an ambient drone hip hop album or something. It's very, it doesn't really have like the same feeling as like, I don't know, like a young lean or something Mm. or, you know, but at the same time, it does sound like music that to drink codeine to or something you know like at times it it does sound very drugged out and Mm -hmm. very which i'm sure there is that one thing that i want to note here eric Mm -hmm. is on earl sweatshirts what's in my bag um he uh did a track with this guy named sam i am and uh they were both on an episode of what's in my bag Mm -hmm. and sam i am pulled out a bunch of residents records, third Reich and roll and not available. And Earl sweatshirt made the comment that the residents and he, he said something to Earl. He's like, how would you describe the residents? Earl's like, they're just really good food for your sampler. (laughs) So I'm wondering if uh, maybe I, maybe I don't think on this record, but I I, I'm curious Hmm. because he started making his own beats. He started to produce his, his own, um, his own music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he goes under the moniker of like that black guy or something like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> like it's, that's, you know, mm-hmm. if it says that, then that's actually Earl sweatshirt. I wonder mm-hmm. if he's produced any, or if he's sampled any residents. Yeah. Stuff. I, d- I didn't pick up
1: that. any that I, could I, I don't, hear necessarily. I don't, I
0: don't think there was on this record, mm-hmm. but um, you know, he has some other stuff and maybe there's, I'm not very good at picking up on mm-hmm. specific samples a lot. So yeah, I don't, or maybe he's planning on doing like residence stuff in the, I would love to hear that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. It'd be great. But anyway, what'd you <clears throat> think of, uh, some rap songs?
1: Yeah, I loved it. I, I love the production. Um, I like how there was a combination actually of, uh, clean and dirty samples. um, yes. I also liked that there was a combination of clean and lo-fi vocals. I think it's like track two. It straight up sounds like someone used a boombox in a bathroom to record the vocals. Yes, yeah. And it's awesome. Yes. It works so well. I think it's really immersive. I think that you feel like you're wherever Earl is, you're there with him. And I think yes. not only in a physical sense, but like a mental sense as well. Like, I think that the beats are, they're beyond chopped up. They're, they're straight up like out of time. They're not in time and not even like Wu-Tang with their samples are like fudged a little sometimes, you know, like right. it'll be off by a, a millisecond or even a full beat. Sometimes this is like it chops a half a beat too early before the loop starts and it's like just left that way and and not just left that way but like um expounded upon like it builds on these things that are not musical like purposefully out of sync and i i really enjoyed it it, it was experimental but um the way that earl raps and what he's rapping about it's not like Flying Lotus. It's not like heady. It's like reg, like what I would consider regular rap music. What they're rapping about,
0: and so yeah, absolutely. That
1: uh, that adds to this sort of like disassociative nature, if you will, that I get from this record, which is an interesting feeling coming from a hip hop record. I don't get that very often, you know, where it's like you don't feel necessarily like you're in your right mind listening to it. And that might be the yes. druggy element of it, but I don't really anymore make those distinctions. Like if something if something makes me feel looped out, I don't care if that came from you know whatever influence the artist had making that, I'm not going to hold it against them or think that way or think that oh, this, they only did this because they're on drugs. Like, I hate that way of looking at things.
0: Um, Absolutely. And
1: the reason that I hate it is because these people work really hard on things, you know? Right. Like, I remember I went to go see this Beatles Cirque du Soleil thing once, and it was really cool. It was really psychedelic and whatever. And we were walking out, and the ladies behind us were just like, yeah, that was pretty cool. It was pretty weird. You definitely can tell everyone that worked on this was on drugs. And it was like, oh, that's literally impossible. Like, I just saw people flying through the air with the most precise movements that they've had to practice a million times so they don't kill each other in midair. And then all you take away from it was, uh, oh, they're on drugs. It's like, come on, man you know sorry anyway <laughs> it's a little go no, a yeah, little go off there. Um, it's just like it really bothers me when people think that creativity is only drugs and maybe that helped in the creation of things but people have to work really hard to make these records and to make art and to make movies and to just say oh they're on drugs it's like oh my god So anyway, well, that's that's where I think people,
0: (laughs) I think people confuse all oftentimes they confuse content Mm -hmm. with intent, I guess is maybe that's the wrong way to word it. But what I, what I mean is, is that it's very easy to listen to a record, like some rap songs, for Mm -hmm. instance, and say, well, they had to be on drugs when they did this. You know what I mean? But also like, It's, it's sort of like, maybe they were on drugs when they created the content, Mm -hmm. but to actually put in the work, like you said, to make a record like this, Mm -hmm. it's like, there's more to it. If, if they were taking drugs through the whole thing, um, there's more to it than just that. There's, you know, actual work that was being done. There's
1: no way you could have delivered the rhymes on time in the studio, and do it in that way if he was, you know, if he was messed up. I just think that it's a cop out for people that don't understand that your mind can work in lots of various ways. And and you can be completely lucid and it can be purposeful. And if they think it's too weird, they just say, oh, that doesn't make any sense or that's nonsense or they're on drugs. You know, it's like, I don't know. Sorry about the going off there, but it's just it's just something that no, no, always okay. bothers um, me. So,
0: Earl, to everybody who, if you're listening to this, Earl, uh, to everybody who said that your music just sounds like you're on drugs, we're in your corner. Yeah, Earl. we're in your yeah, corner, Earl. We got you. No, got I love I loved this
1: record. I'll, I'm sure I'll return that's to it. So, the,
0: the name of the podcast is "We Got You, Earl." <laughs> we got you, Earl. We got you, Earl. Yeah. <laughs> that's it that's this episode um uh, yeah. oh man i don't know if it's a good idea to just name some of these episodes after just one-liners that are just like in like two <laughs> seconds of the episode but i'm gonna do oh, yeah. it yeah i mean why not <laughs> that's, that's what i'm gonna me. do <laughs> all right album number two all right
1: so I feel like, Dan, I need to apologize again. I really put you through the ringer this, this week, and I'm sorry. Um, but I'm going to talk about an album called Flowers of Romance. Um, <laughs> dude, by... dude, I have a lot to say about this <laughs> oh, record. good. I'm sure it's all good. I have a lot good. to say. <clears throat> um, <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll hear. You'll hear. Okay. So Flowers of Romance by Public Image Limited. Okay. A couple things to get out of the way. Uh, I know everyone hates John Lydon. I know. I know you all hate Johnny Rotten. He's, he's a big, fat Trump supporter. Fine. That's great. But <laughs> I think that John Lydon has actually added a lot to not only punk rock, but post-punk. And I think that he's always played the media. He's always been the asshole. And I think that's part of what he's doing now. I I think back in the day, being super left-wing was uh, shocking. I think that being, super, being right-wing is shocking now. And so I think he's doing that on purpose. <clears throat> but I also love Public Image Limited. And I think uh, they're simultaneously one of the most overrated and underrated bands out there. Uh, and this is... This record is probably my favorite one, even though it's really different than the other ones. Um, And so even if you go to the next record, I think it's, uh, I think it's, this is what you want. This is what you get. Um, But they start to have uh, a lot more um, uh, accessibility to their music um, after this album. And so this one's really pretty out there. Um, and I love the sound of it I love that I think that coming out in 1981 that this informed a lot of music that came out after it I think that Martin Adkins drumming on this is basically ground zero for a lot of things that we take for granted including groups that he's actually played with like Pig Face and Nine Inch Nails I and Ministry, his live drumming on, um, uh, is it Thank You For Showing Up? Or In Case You Didn't Feel Like Showing Up? Just his drum yeah, sound that's, that's live on album. that is amazing. If you listen to Stigmata Martyr, not just the live one, but the recorded one, you can tell that somehow that's the same drummer that's playing on Flowers mm-hmm. of Romance. And that that's outrageous that you'd be able to pick up that this is him. This is what his drums sound like. Um, and that that's the star of the show on this record is Martin Atkins' drums. Um, I think a lot of the other stuff is kind of ad-libbed and just added in there. I think they let things go on for a long time. But I think the vocal delivery and the way that it's... Um, things are done especially songs like oh bang in the door is a really cool song and I think it lends itself to tons of things that came after this including things that Dan likes you know <laughs> like no means no I think that I think this had to have had you know some influence um and so I just think this is a really, truly experimental record exploring the furthest boundaries of what we know as post-punk. Really, uh, really forward-thinking. And sometimes when things are forward-thinking, they come off as annoying and nearly unlistenable. And I think that's where this album falls. I will also say that with Public Image Limited, I think that, it's something that you either can tolerate or you straight up can't tolerate. As soon as Johnny rotten's voice starts in public image limited, you know, pretty quickly if you're going to be able to handle this or not. And that's okay. Cause that's what he does. He sings one note and he sh- shrieks it out. And that's the song. He has the set of words. He's going to say, he only has the one note he's going to hit. So that's where you're stuck. So yeah, I can see why people may not like this, but I would say if you ever enjoyed any element of Public Image Limited and somehow haven't listened to Flowers of Romance, you should. So go ahead, Dan.
0: <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm just going to say I love this record, oh, man. Oh, great. <laughs> loved it. No, uh, I totally... Um, <clears throat> I love chaotic stuff, and that's what exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. And also... <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. my throat is drying up here. I'm going to take a sip of water here. Real Well,
1: quick. I got sort of, uh, verklempt talking about Martin Atkins's drums, So I thought maybe you are just, <laughs> you were also just getting choked up about that. So that
0: that's probably it. <laughs> um, if I, if I knew the only person I know from ministry is literally Al Jorgensen. Yeah. Like that's pretty much it. Um, but I do love ministry or at least some ministry. Yeah. Uh, I like ministry probably up to like filth. Pig. Yeah, because that's, Cause that's the, pretty stopped. much that's pretty much where where I left off with ministry. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so yeah, no, this record is fantastic. Nice. It's hilarious that this was presented to their label <laughs> yeah. like as the follow up to the first two right. records. Yeah, it- <laughs> it's just fantastic it just it gives me hope for humanity (laughs) that something like that happens um i love it it kind of puts me in mind also in a weird sort of way of like some shit that mike Patton does Hmm. you know like you know like like the third tomahawk record anonymous where it's just a bunch of like chants and it's Hmm. not really yeah it's not really like songs um although i do think that there is some some song structure to it, it. Basically what this record is to me is just controlled chaos. Yeah. And in, in a weird sort of way, I, some of it's just like, so like stripped down to like, I mean, there's basically like songs that are basically like, I don't know, bells or something yeah. <laughs> like for sure. And it's just very experimental and avant-garde. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about something else. Oh, though. have you seen, cause you talked about, Johnny Rotten being this asshole that everybody
1: hates, They do. Everyone hates him,
0: yeah. (laughs) Everyone hates him. Did you see the YouTube video where there was like this, some weird sort of thing going on discussing punk rock with Henry Rollins, Johnny Rotten. It was like a press conference or something. Henry Rollins, Johnny Rotten. And Marky Ramone. um, Marky Ramone and Jennifer Finch from L7 and... Duff McKagan from Guns Mm. N' Roses. Uh, Did you see that? Yeah, where he gets into an (laughs) argument with Marky Ramone. Well, Marky Ramone are like fucking going down each other's throats. Marky Ramone's like, sit the fuck down. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the fucking Ramones. And then he's all like, I wouldn't be here. (laughs) It's just like the funniest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. It doesn't bother me and i'm sorry if i'm gonna offend people here but it doesn't bother me that he's a big fat trump supporter (laughs) because you know what and this is why i'm gonna say this and you may disagree with me here eric but this is why i'm gonna say this because um if i decided to basically just completely like throw out every single person that I listen to that's a piece of shit. Yeah, right. I don't know if I would even listen to music anymore. For sure. Yeah. Like the Beatles, John Lennon. Mm-hmm. Was he a good guy? Depends on
1: who you and, talk I mean, to,
0: I guess. <laughs> depends on who you talk to, but there's a lot of sources that say that he used to beat his wife.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, he left his first son. Yeah. I mean, and his first wife, and basically never paid child support, like from, you know, like, I mean, there's, yeah, it depends on who you talk to. That's the thing. Right. I mean, obviously Johnny Rodden's made it clear that, okay, he's, he's a Trump supporter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like, I mean, does that suck? Yeah, it sucks. But I, you know, I don't have to like everything about everyone.
1: Definitely not.
0: Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, I'm sorry. That's how I feel. And that's just, um, I mean, I'm um, the Ramones. Johnny yeah. Ramone was a giant conservative. Yeah,
1: he was, yeah.
0: I mean, Marky Ramone and Joey were both hardcore liberals. Right. Ironically enough, I guess Dee Dee was a conservative too. <laughs> really? I guess yeah. that's what that's according to Marky. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't think any of that weird. matters.
1: I just wanted to address. No, it, no, no. And everyone I, and, seems to and, be down on him right now, but.
0: I know, but there's, there's a lot of like, there's a, there's a lot of like, I don't know. I, I Buzz Osborne got into some hot water mm. recently because he appeared on, uh, do you hear about no. this? Mm-mm. He appeared on Gavin McGuinness's. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> but this was, I guess this was basically, he was still working for vice right. and it was from what I understand, it was before he. Um, before he, uh, really before the proud boys, like kind of stuff or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. I do think that Buzz Osborne, I'm going to have to like research it a little more because I do think he made like a couple of distasteful comments Mm -hmm. about, I don't know, I think maybe like LGBT or something. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure. Buzz Osborne has always kind of had a big mouth. Like, well, that's the you thing. know what I mean? All He's always
1: just have big mouths and it's like, yeah, yeah. It's almost the personality trait that is somewhat necessary in, in this business. I think that you can have a big mouth or you can let someone around you have a big mouth. I've never met a band right. of all quiet people. You know what I mean? Like,
0: no, yeah. A, if somebody, some...
1: Somebody in the band who's the mouthpiece, and
0: yeah, there's always the asshole. Like, <laughs> well, you know I wasn't I mean? trying to say like- that
1: necessarily.
0: <laughs> well, no, but they're usually, you know, like most bands kind of has. Yeah, I shouldn't even say asshole because that's not true. But someone with um, the,
1: the ability to, to, to talk, you know, to.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
1: I think that you know sometimes that veers off the rails a little bit into assholeism, but. You know, (laughs) yeah, exactly. You have to want to be heard to to be an a musician, and so that is already something you have to deal with. You know,
0: there's so many things that people have done like in the past that, you know, certain. I mean, there's so much homophobic rap that came out that I used to listen to all the time. There's so much
1: in house party. uh,
0: (laughs) Was kid and play homophobic? There's an entire rap
1: about it. In in house party really yeah it's wow it's pretty
0: pretty rough. <laughs> see I and you used to, you're you're a big fan of those house party movies right? <laughs> no, I just happened to see well, it a few years ago and I was like,
1: oh my god.
0: Oh, I thought I thought that you, I thought you used
1: to watch them as a kid or something um, like. No, I mean I've seen them, I, yeah, but no, I wasn't a huge okay. fan. Well, so.
0: maybe I was talking to somebody ah. else about. I can't. I don't know who who else it would be. Uh, any of you who are listening, if I talk to you about the house party movies, um, yeah. let me know because I'm curious now. Maybe I'm just, maybe I dreamed something. Oh, I don't wow. know. Um, who knows? It's hard telling anymore. I mean, what's real and what isn't? Yeah. Well,
1: I wish my dreams are about talking to people who are in the house party movies. <laughs> Dude,
0: my dreams are sometimes the most boring <laughs> shit. Like, uh. okay, the other day, I had a dream that I went to a Chinese restaurant and ate.
1: Damn. Was it pretty good?
0: And that's, it, uh, yes, that's nice. it was It was fantastic. But that's all I did <laughs> in my dream. Like, it was just like, rea- it was like real life, like real shit. It's like, dude, uh, give me an interesting right. dream. Like, you know, it's like, I'm going to dream about just like... You know, stuff that I do in real life. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't go to Chinese restaurants now, but... Well... uh, Still, it's like, what the hell? (laughs) Like, sometimes my dreams are like that, though. I I have very basic dreams sometimes.
1: I either don't remember or they're insane, usually.
0: Yeah, that's... I mean, I usually have insane dreams. (laughs) I mean, probably the most insane dream I ever had was... When I was, I don't know, I was probably like 10, 11 years old, mm. maybe. And uh, I actually woke up in the middle of the dream and I was seeing myself in third person. So like I was like on this boat in the middle of like this orange kind of colored, beautiful lake or like it was like an ocean. Mm. Like there was literally no land. Right. Mm. And I'm just kind of watching myself. I'm almost, It's almost almost like looking at a painting. And somehow I woke up in the middle of this dream and I still had the vision and it disappeared and I, from the ceiling. Wow. That was the weirdest thing that I ever experienced in my sleep.
1: That is crazy. Wow.
0: It was fucking, it was fucking <laughs> weird. And then like two days after that, a couple bats got into my room. Hmm. Flew around and woke me up. I had like weird stuff happening that week in my room, like in the morning.
1: Mm. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty scary.
0: Well, folks, that's the (laughs) podcast. (laughs) So.
1: Nope. You have to talk about your last record and then I have to talk about. Uh, mine.
0: Okay. We still got one more record, two more. If, you we'll know, try to, technical.
1: we'll try to rush through them though.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll try not to get on, get on talking about dreams anymore. Um, That's a okay. new podcast.
1: <laughs> or doing.
0: Yeah. Dude. Maybe dreams. we should do that. Just Let's like, just call dreams. it dreams. Just <laughs> talk about our dreams. Dreams. Dream a dreams little dream. Dreams with Dan and Eric. <laughs> Dude. No. Yeah. I'm terrible. almost liking this idea. Liking this idea. <laughs> All right. okay so Hmm. (laughs) this uh third record kind of sounds dreamy in parts to me anyway ladies and gentlemen this is uh one of my favorite records of all time i'm gonna say uh it's from a band called built to spill uh there is nothing wrong with love it's their second record and it's hard for me to pick Honestly, I well, I'll tell you after we're done with the podcast. Uh but anyway, um the uh second um record, there's nothing wrong with love. Um it's hard for me to pick a favorite Built to Spill record cuz I really love them all. And um but this one in particular really hit home this week and it's it's not like this is the first time that I've listened to this record and been blown away. I've pretty much listened to ever since I got into built to spill and got into this record. I, um, I've been blown away by it. I mean, Doug Marsh, in my opinion, who is the band, the basically the main singer songwriter at this point, built to spill is kind of like a band with Doug Marsh and a rotating, uh, a rotating cast of members, of um, musicians that play behind him. Cause every time I've seen them live three times, every time I've seen him, he's had a different backing band. Mm. Um, and so I kind of think that that, ha- I, I think maybe there's a lot to do with like label issues with that. Like maybe the other guys don't really want to play and uh, he still has to keep going because of the contract or whatever. Maybe that has something to do with, I don't mm. really know what the situation is, but In any case, this is an amazing record in my opinion. It's got some of my favorite songs like opening track In the Morning, Reasons, Car is just a beautiful, beautiful song and it's a song that I'm jealous. I'm just so jealous that there's another human on earth that can do something like that with music. Um twin falls some which i've said this before that record sounds like growing up in the midwest to me Mm. in a weird sort of Mm -hmm. way because that track just has this guitar part that sounds like it sounds like a like a wedding band Mm. or like you know like 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 somebody like in this is gonna sound weird but it has that almost like an indie rock November rain feel Hmm. (laughs) sort of to me, to me anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Now I have an interesting story about built to spill. I actually met Doug Marsh, uh, the last time that I saw him at Gabe's Mm -hmm. in Iowa city. And I told you this before, Eric, because I've told everybody this (laughs) very cool guy at the time. It was uh, me and my ex wife. And, uh, We sat down in this um, area that normally it's cool to sit at. It's like this little like bench that's kind of in the corner of like Gabe's Oasis in Iowa city. And um, Doug came up and sat next to us and he started talking to us and he was just the coolest guy. I talked to him about comic books and music Pulls out his laptop and he says, what do you want to hear tonight, Dan? Then he hands me the laptop and he's like, here, pick out the songs that you want to hear. Make the set list because I hate making them. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like wow. what is happening right now? It was amazing. Um, But yeah, this is just a fantastic uh, album for anybody who's a fan of like just really good indie rock. There's not really anything revolutionary about it. There's nothing, it's, you know, it's not really breaking any rules. It's not, you know, uh, any sort of, you know, it's not really breaking any new ground. It's just really well put together songs Mm -hmm. in that indie rock style. The only thing that I could maybe say is this band does predate modest mouse by a couple of years mm-hmm. and i would say that i i wouldn't be surprised if this band had an influence directly on isaac brock and modest mouse at least in the early mm-hmm. years because um i mean they were from the same scene and i believe that there was actually a part in a modest the modest mouse documentary The Lonesome Crowded West, where he actually did talk about um, Doug Marsh's songwriting and how much he really appreciated it. And I, I hear like built went, you know, the more I think about it, the more I actually hear built a spill in some of those early Modest Mm -hmm. Mouse records in a totally different way because Modest Mouse were obviously doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. But I do hear some some parallels between Doug Marsh's voice and Isaac Brock's voice mm-hmm. in those early albums. Yeah. Um, and uh, another great thing that I love about this record is uh, there's actually a uh, element of a, uh, of a sense of humor. Uh, I love the uh, closing hidden track, which is a satirical preview of the next built to spill record. <laughs> <laughs> like I really love that. Yeah. That's something that really didn't, happen on any other built-to-spill mm. releases which is fine because the other built-to-spill releases are you know fantastic as well but i i really appreciate that sort of sense of um just irony and also maybe self-awareness too because a lot of the a lot of you know like the first song that is supposedly supposed to appear on the next built to spill record is just this straight up punk song where he's just repeatedly screaming, kick you in the head, going to kick you <laughs> in the head. And I wouldn't be surprised if built to spill actually were influenced by, you know, a lot of stuff that sounded like that, mm-hmm. like punk, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, I, it, it, so it's just, it, you know, it's, it's, it's hilarious to me. Um, I think it's awesome. They did that at the end of the record. um, what did you think, yeah, Eric?
1: Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Um, it, it's super good song writing. I love the vocals. I love the guitar tones. Um, it's one of those things, like, it just was so good and so what it wanted to be. It was so purposeful and accomplished its What it wanted to be so well that I really don't have a lot to say about it. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's like, no, it's like when you see a movie that just has an idea of what it wants to be and then it pulls it off perfectly. Like sometimes you don't see that movie again for a long time, or maybe you really don't have much to say about it afterwards. I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's like, I just, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed everything about it. So, um, yeah, the modest mouse thing, unfortunately I heard modest mouse first, didn't know what came first or whatever. And then so built a spill. I was always like, well, that just sounds like modest mouse. And so I never really got into them. And unfortunately I bet that's probably happened with numerous people. You know, I can't be the only one.
0: Um, No, actually that happened to me. Um, The first record I heard from them was keep it like a secret. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, this, this sounds like modest mouse, only not as, not as good and not as
1: weird. And then,
0: and not as weird. But then, then I listened to it more Mm -hmm. and more and I'm like, wow, this is actually amazing. It took me a couple of listens. And then I went back and listened to it and I'm like, wow, I actually built a spill predates
1: modest. Mouse." So but I, I wish I would have listened to this earlier. It's it's funny to me that in some way that, you know, something I heard in I don't even know, 1996 or 97, whenever I heard Modest Mouse for the first time, would right. would make me not listen to something from 1994 like that doesn't make any sense. You know, I wish I would have heard this. No, when, absolutely not. When it came out, it would have I would have. Yes, probably enjoyed it quite a bit. And I did enjoy it now as well. But it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I don't have much to add to what you said. <laughs> you know, it's just like, sure. It, yeah, it was super enjoyable. And um, I'm sure I'll return to it. I'll probably I mean, I'll check out their other records, too. So um, I just sort of I would highly to get into it a little bit because I had not listened to Built to Spill. For more than one or two songs until listening through this record. So,
0: yeah. Sure. I would highly recommend checking out uh, Perfect From Now On and Keep It Like a Secret. Those are the ones that followed Mm up uh, this album in that order and fantastic. Nice. Cool.
1: Well, I guess I have one more. Um, The record is called The Mother Stone from 2020. It's by... Caleb Landry Jones. So um I heard about this record. It was a recommendation from my friend Nick Nikki Poo, Nick Nikki Lou Beard. <laughs> That's his name. Uh Nick Nikki Lou and um he kept telling me, I mean numerous times, probably 5 times. He was like, "You need to listen to this record." And I was not that quick to jump on it because Caleb Landry Jones is an actor and he was an actor in the Twin Peaks, The Return. um, And he was a really gross, unlikable character in the show. And so part of me was like, I don't want to listen to that dude. I mean, even though he's playing a character on a TV show, you know, I still was like, oh, he seems like a creep or something. So Anyway, I finally listened to it. I thought it was really cool. Um, it's really uh, epic. Like, I mean, it's just nonstop epicness. It's like, and to say that it sounds like the Beatles is an understatement. Like, it couldn't sound more like the Beatles. Like, White, white Album era Beatles and let it be era Beatles it's like all the breaks from the White Album when it really hits and you're like oh wow that's cool you know and you, the White Album does have this element to it where it's like oh this is rock and roll this is rock music this is the beginning of what we will someday soon know as rock music you know it's not rock and roll anymore this is something different It's also very... this. uh, Caleb Landry-Jones is very ELO-ish, I think, as well. But it also... I mean his voice I would guess he probably has probably a four... no, probably a three octave range. He goes from very bass, very low, to very high. Um, But his regular middle singing voice is almost just like yeah white album uh John Lennon vocals um I would also say there's a huge element of um uh, how would I say vaudeville or like burlesque to the whole thing as well um which I think is great you know it's like um yeah it's it's like stripper music somehow I don't know how to say that um But yeah, very like Marlene Dietrich, like, uh, yeah, very burlesque. I don't know how else to say that, but also just very epic and strange. It never stops hitting. Like, I don't know how to describe that. It's like it'll go quieter for a second, but it's still just as dynamic. And then it just it's like the greatest break epic change in a song you've ever heard, but that happens every forty five seconds until the end where it's like just basically a marching band playing and it's like, what in the hell is going on? So I was really surprised by this. I really loved it. The songs are great. I don't think I can latch on to <clears throat> the structure or the melody enough to ever sing along with this album. But it it's really fun and really interesting and I ended up really liking it. So what'd you think, Dan?
0: Oh man, this was one of the biggest surprises that you've, uh, really, really great surprise that you've uh, thrown at me Mm -hmm. here, Eric. I love this album. Um, yeah, I like, I like this a lot. Um, like you said, I hear a lot of the Beatles, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly in the voice. Um, you know, and but there's also like you mentioned the vaudeville sort of like burlesque mm-hmm. feel, which I totally, totally understand that. That is totally there's also kind of like this at times kind of glam feel yeah. that I'm getting. Like I hear I hear like Bowie sure. at times. Yeah. I hear like Rocky Horror Picture Show yeah. at times. Yeah. Um I even hear like minus the voice. Cause the voice is nothing like him, but musically I hear like some Tom Waits going on. Sure. Um, but then I also like when he does his, like you were talking about the three octave range yeah. mm-hmm. when he does his high pitch stuff, mm-hmm. it reminds me almost of like the residents or ween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it gets, it to is a crazy. It is level. vocals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he does the low end high pitched vocals, which sounds like he's using a vocal effects processor, hmm. but you know, I, I don't think he is. Yeah. I think that that's his actual voice. Uh, the, the track, all I am in you mm-hmm. slash the big worm. Yeah. That one really reminds me of like a white pepper mollusk arrow song. Oh, cool. Like even the melody of it to me, I, I hear that. Uh, and there's even some like parts like the there's even parts where he throws in some like grungy mm-hmm. like sort of feedback, you know that I thought was interesting, yeah. like like almost like Nirvana or Sonic Youth tones, sure, like on it yeah. that he th- throws in and I think that the opening track Flag Day slash the Motherstone mm-hmm. is just absolutely incredible yeah. um well, again, I looked at the length and I'm like, really? The first two songs each are over seven <laughs> yeah. minutes long. And I was like, man, yeah. I, I don't know what Eric set me up for this <laughs> time, but we'll see. And then I put it on. I'm like, this is incredible. Yeah. Um, and I will say that if I had any criticism of mm-hmm. it, I mean, that would that would be the only thing. But that would be me just looking for something to criticize about mm-hmm. it. And you know what? The length actually didn't bother me at all. Right. It never like, gives you a chance you know, to I get mean,
1: bored. I mean, it literally. No, it is really doesn't. Every and forty-five seconds, something insane happens.
0: So he was an actor on the second Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah, on the
1: return um, uh, that came out in twenty 20- okay. seventeen, I believe.
0: Seventeen or something and like I've that. Seen yeah. Seen him in something but, else um,
1: recently too, but I can't remember what it was. Did
0: you also Did you also know he played Banshee? In the third X Men movie, X Men Three, no.
1: which no, I've never seen. Dude, that.
0: <laughs> he would have only been like he would have only been like, um, let's see here, he would have been like I think like ten years old or wow. something. Wow, crazy. Like, or I mean, because he's he's thirty one right mm. now, and the third X Men movie I want to say came out in like two thousand four, maybe. Wow, I'm not I'm not sure. I could be completely wrong about that. Maybe two thousand six. <laughs> But okay, so he's 31 now, you do the math, that would mean that he was 21 in 2011, so you count down, then, and eh, not 10, but he was probably like 13 or 14. Hmm. wow. So, it's crazy that like, some random actor like this could just put together a masterpiece like this, because that's what this is. I mean, I can't really it's-
1: imagine the work that went into recording this
0: like I, uh, yeah, it just, yeah. and, and it sounds so effort effortless. It does at times.
1: Like, it, it does really sound like a group of really, really amazing, intuitive uh, people playing this live. That is what it sounds like, how it was actually made. I don't know for sure. Maybe, you know, I, I literally don't know who played on it or anything, but it sounds live and it sounds like the whole thing could fall apart at any second, but instead is flawless.
0: So wouldn't it be hilarious if all it was, was just an algorithm. Yeah. Right. It might be. That's how perfect it like, is. They just, they just like, they're like, this is what came out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when they were programming the computer.
1: I don't know that that is possible. It's, it's that good that it might be machines.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be insane. Like it'd be funny if we went to go see him live and they just bring out yeah. machines and yep. them. Yeah, AI. AI. Well, you were expecting this. humans to do this? I mean, are are you serious? Yeah. You expected a person yeah. to actually do There's this. There's no way. A a human.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it 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 really blew me away. I think it's it's great. So
0: But it says right here, it's Caleb Landry Jones. No, that's the name of the machine, <laughs> yeah. you idiot. He's AI. <laughs> yeah. uh, i mean just look at the cover well that looks like the guy yeah. it's like no that's a oh, yeah. machine you tell? You-
1: in his powdered wig <laughs> yeah. all machines oh, wear powdered man. wigs these days <laughs> that's it <laughs> where do you think steampunk came from dummy
0: <laughs> do you know the the uh <laughs> oh, <laughs> steampunk boy. i i love that term <laughs> steampunk yeah it's
1: I, I like it in very small amounts. I don't, I would never go to a convention or anything, but...
0: Well, I, I didn't say I liked Steampunk. I just liked it. Oh, I gotcha. Cool. I, I don't really know anything about Steampunk. Uh, I mean, I know that it's like... Kind of like historical future stuff or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, it's, it's
1: about airships and um okay, goggles I on top I just changed hats. the name
0: of... <laughs> I just changed the name of this episode. Historical future (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Which one do you like Uh, better? Historical future stuff or the other one? Surprise me. (laughs) I don't even remember what the other one was. I'll find out with
1: everyone listening.
0: (laughs) Are you, are you, now be honest with me, Eric. I always am. Have you ever like, have you ever looked at the um, titles that I choose and just, you know, just been like, oh God. Oh no,
1: I think they're great. Yeah. Okay. They're all good.
0: I don't. I can't Historical imagine what you would do stuff to make me is. say,
1: "Oh God!" Like,
0: <laughs> I just
1: don't have that in me. <laughs> I'm like, eh. it's it's usually pretty good ideas. So, I'm into it. Good. Good. I'm
0: <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, folks, that wraps up everything, and I know you're I know exactly what you're thinking. You're thinking. Thank God. Or or they're
1: thinking, what a ripoff, only an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, normally these guys go on Kind of phoning it in
1: this week, guys, only an hour
0: and a half. And I didn't even get to hear Eric count this time. (laughs) I mean, Um, I still can. (laughs) (laughs) We all can, Eric. We all can. Um, I
1: just wanted to brag a little jeez
0: well yeah that's true that was a really i don't even think i counted all the way to 10
1: last time so i just wanted to everyone to know that i can that's
0: all maybe like we could you know you could like with each episode you can just add a number 10 like could you imagine if we do it all the way to like a thousand or something like we would have to stop like everything at like a minute an hour and 17 Mm-hmm. It's like oh there's your there's your three <laughs> hours guys
1: sounds good <laughs> you got it let's do it
0: we just don't want to rip our audience off yeah.
1: anymore well we can um, we can make this last another half hour easy
0: <laughs> <laughs> we really could too that's that's what's scary yeah, about it. It's, we wouldn't even have to we could think actually about it like, <laughs> It says right here on my audacity app that there's 693 hours <laughs> and 34 minutes disk re- space remaining for recording. I think our goal should be doing a 693 hour episode sometime. What do you think? Yeah, sure.
1: I'll agree to anything. It's like <laughs>
0: The, uh, the episode, like after next week, the series ends. We're like, we don't have any more disk yep, space. We're all out. Our last episode was the longest. Sean's like, you didn't tell me you were going to fucking interview me for 693 hours.
1: Well, it looks oh, like that shit. would be about 29 days long. So yes.
0: whenever you want <laughs> yeah, to
1: do that, let me know.
0: Or we could go live and just do like a 29 day live oh, podcast. Yeah. Let's do that. You know, like um, Flaming Lips, they did that 24 hour song.
1: Wow. No, I didn't hear about that.
0: So, huh. yeah, they just like put on a camera and they just played for 24 hours wow. straight. Yeah.
1: Hmm. I'll have to <laughs> read about that. I don't think I'll watch it.
0: <laughs> so I, I kind of let the cat out of the bag, but actually we probably should anyway. Next week, it's going to be a little bit of a different episode. Uh, we're going to have um, Sean Reed, mm-hmm. who um, some of you might be familiar with um, from his days running night people records. Um, He was in first the band raccoon. Then he uh, was in the band wet hair and he's kind of put out a lot of interesting music and visual arts. Uh, But anyway, he lives in Minneapolis now. Is that correct? And uh, he is now Running this label called is is the label called Feel Free HiFi? I think
1: that's the project.
0: Or no no yeah. no, yeah that's the project and the label's called mm-hmm. Digital Sting. So, yeah, it's um I've already listened to uh, a little bit of mm-hmm. what you sent me yeah. there, Eric, and uh so far I'm excited. It sounds yeah. great. It sounds very interesting. And, yeah. So we'll have um, him on. So that's I'm looking cool. for. Yep. He's gonna be on, so we're not gonna be doing the uh three records thing next week. Unless you want us to do six hundred and ninety-three yeah, hours. They want that. <laughs> <laughs> But um anyway, we'll uh see you guys then. As always, you can uh follow us on Instagram. Yeah. I'm Dan underscore the ruler uh, or well, actually I'm Dan underscore the underscore ruler. Hmm. Eric is Old Man Eerie, all lowercase level. Uh, uh, that too. Uh, that yeah. too. Letters. Yeah. Lowercase levels. And uh, <laughs> I
1: wanted to plug something real quick too. I have um, a uh, streaming thing that's available. Sounds
0: awesome. On Wednesday um, night. And uh,
1: uh, I played live at the. Well, I think that Englert that pretty Theater. much wraps
0: things up. Um, and uh, yes, and please check out Eric's. And, so Live performance there—that's the going to be great. It, I'm going to try. Um, yeah, if you're interested. But if in it that, costs money, I'm probably not going to be able to do it, Engler unfortunately, because I'm broke. And,
1: and I don't.
0: Yeah, know we can figure something you, out. You I'll you get a hold of you and it. maybe. So it may not maybe be there's worth a Guest that. list.
1: But if you wanted to pay for it, <laughs> you
0: could see it. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know how it works. That'd be really funny, though. How. You know, like that person who expects to get in for free because they're friends and they get angry. Like, how do they get angry virtually? Like, you know what I mean? The only thing they yeah. can do is just email. They've been my friends since 1983. Yeah. You know, like that's yeah, the we'll only thing something that can out. happen. <laughs> that's definitely one nice. thing that this uh, virtual concert.
1: Yeah. It's killing the it. guest list. Streaming guest list. We Maybe need, there we need is to bring the I guest know. list back. Yeah. I don't know
0: how it works either. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the the guest list. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. I think games only allowed yeah, three, right. didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> I think I had, I think I played yeah, one show in yeah, my entire which, life where we had three, we actually huge, filled up the uh, guest list. I think that was a Girls a Command show and it was a bunch <laughs> of random people we really didn't know yeah. who like yeah. lived in Lone when Tree. you play a show and there's six and people there mom and three of them on them. the
1: guest list. That always and uh, well for everyone.
0: <laughs> it was just, it was, I remember it being very interesting yeah. for those of you who don't I, know. I, I don't remember. You probably really don't care, but I used to be in a hardcore band a long list. time ago. Back before things happened. Uh called Girls at Comanche. Uh, I think that you can find wow. it on Bandcamp. But anyway, that's a whole nother show. We'll we'll talk about that entire project hmm. never. Wow. <laughs> at one point in our lives okay ladies and gentlemen before uh i start rambling on and making this thing stupider than it already is um you guys have a good week uh we'll see you next week and uh yes look forward to it uh sean's gonna be an awesome guest i think mm-hmm. you guys have a good night bye